fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Habner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Pile And welcome to the week one preview show, Thursday night football countdown. The fantasy football fantasy fullback dive brought to you by the good people at the Rose Street Journal. We're paving your way to fantasy excellence. We're your lead blocker to fantasy glory. All the good stuff. We're cracking local beers. We're going to be breaking down our highest, lowest Hail Marys. We're going to be dealing with some devastating injury news that has kept us working right up to the brink of going on the air today. Uh, it's been, you know, it's been touch and go, folks. Uh, I'm your host, Nat the Truth Jones, of course. With me, as always, the Wolf of Roto Street himself. And we got a good game tonight, huh? I'll bet you're excited for some football. Oh, baby, I'm so excited, Nat. We got a game with over 52 and a half point spreads, points, bonanza, bucks versus the Cowboys. As I told you before we went on air, just to remind you, there are no pants on at this point. I mean that actually literally. I know some people make that as a joke, but there's none on. It is just go time. We are here. Week one is here. We, of course, had to have some wild, crazy stuff that we're about to break down for you right before we get to the finish line. But good Lord, I am so excited for this season to be here. Nat, how are you feeling? I'm feeling the same way. And as usual, you know, it's... uh it's tied up in fantasy. It's, it's not even really about real football, although I do love it, but I'm just excited. All these guys that we drafted, I want to see, I want them to prove it out on the field. Yeah. I got some guys going tonight. You got anybody going tonight? Oh, I got Evans going. I'm facing AB in all my leagues, which means, you know, he's whipping that thing out and smacking me in the face. Got mm-hmm. Ryan suck up huge. huge I also have Ryan suck up. Yeah. Big, big dick over there. Uh, so yeah, we're, we're, we're going tonight, baby. We are live. I am so stoked. Uh, the, the action is going to be fast and furious facing CD lamb and a B in my biggest league. So whew, well, we're going to preview that game a little bit later. I cannot wait to dive into it. Yeah. We, unfortunately, and we're, we're going to make sure we have a hardcore cutoff around eight o'clock. We want to make sure we get the mailbag of, of course, uh, and we want to make sure we're absolutely done by kickoff. So any advice we give you will be relevant. And so you guys can watch the game uh, real quick before we get into it. Give us a like. Uh, we really appreciate it. It helps us a lot and so on and so forth. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we have some devastating injury news to start things off. And this is the thing that kept us going, which is the Ravens decimated by injuries in the backfield. It continues. Gus Edwards is feared to have suffered a season ending knee injury today. Le'Veon Bell, hello. People that were saying he was completely irrelevant uh, a day ago, all of a sudden showing a little bit of interest. They lose a few more of these guys. Well, are we going to see Trent Richardson this year? <laughs> quite quite possibly. A whiff of Trent Richardson could be entering the NFL again. I sure hope not. Maybe a Frank Gore returns. Uh, he's still oh, that actually that definitely plausible, belongs actually. out there. Yeah, right? So Frank Gore could have his name calling, but it just sucks. I mean, Gus Edwards was lined up for a big season, one of the most efficient runners of the last couple of years. Only him and Nick Chubb have gone 700 yards and five or more yards per carry in their first two seasons. That's pretty good company to be in. Sucks to see him removed, but now what happens? Tyson Williams up to around 75 on my rest of season big board. I know it doesn't matter. I know we're not drafting right now, but just to give you how I'm valuing him at this point, running back 30 or so, right alongside A.J. Dillon and that like high upside ideally bench guys but I think Tyson Williams especially this week is immediately startable he rises to RB 21 on my rankings this week uh 31 spot boost and Le'Veon Bell I I mean I have him right in that same tier around Tyson Williams he's running back 35 for me uh he could end up being the guy we don't know he looked dead washed the last time we saw him so there's no guarantee he's anything special or has anything left in the tank But he also could be the best thing they have. This is a very run-heavy scheme. It's very productive under Greg Roman. He can – a Twitter follower tweeted that he could make a a 4.5 yards per carry out of a one-legged sloth, Greg Roman, because of how productive his his run scheme is. So I believe in Roman. I believe somebody will come out of value. I'm guessing it's going to be Tyson Williams. This guy goes from waiver wire fodder just two weeks ago to potentially 300 carries this season. It's just insane. But it could be Bell. And, hell, it could even be Devonta Freeman. I can't pretend like I have any type of inside intel there. Uh, But I definitely want to go after and get these guys because of how productive that run scheme is. 
Yeah, I actually had Le'Veon Bell, and then I dropped him to pick up Ryan Suckup tonight, and then Gus Edwards tore his ACL. Oh, so, uh, brutal. <laughs> so couldn't pick him right back up again, had to put in a waiver claim. We'll see if I get him. Just th- that sucks. I dropped uh, my girlfriend's team. I dropped Tyson Williams just three days ago for Tony Jones Jr. It was yesterday. Yeah, yesterday, whenever it was. Three days ago, yesterday. Yeah, it sucks. Yesterday, whenever it was. <laughs> Trying to make it sound better here. Uh, not good. Not good move. We're hoping to pick him back up, but. Yeah, Tony Jones better be the real deal because Tyson Williams is about to eat for 270 carries this year. Is this like close to rock bottom for you dropping a player on your girlfriend's team, lying about how long ago it was and just sitting there with no pants? (laughs) Off. (laughs) I might need to put him back on real fast now. (laughs) Right, right. Just this is is a window into the Wolves. uh, Well, I was going to say non-fantasy life, but actually it is pretty tied up in fantasy. It's all, all right. tied to fantasy. All right. So it's obviously, all right. It's all tied to fantasy, all fantasy all the time. All right. So Gus Edwards, obviously that's the big thing. We do have some other injury news that we're going to run down real quick. Uh, and then we're going to get into uh, guys, the wolves higher on guys, the wolves lower on guys, the wolves going to take a hail Mary on and so on. You know, the segment we've been doing it for several years. We're going to get right into it, but you ready well, to we're talk adding to this year, a must watch story for each position. Um, and also a stash and see some of that might be on your waiver wire. That's worth stashing, not worth playing like the hail Marys are. So we're really beefing up those position and previews. I'm going to try to fly through them as fast as I can as well. Okay. Yeah. We've gotten tighter with the uh, division previews. I think we can do it. All right. Absolutely. You ready to start with injuries? Do we have a cool injury graphic or are we just going right into this? Oh, we Taylor hooked us up. Let's show it on off right here. Okay. <laughs> Who was that? Who was that on the, on the bench? Dwayne Haskins, maybe <laughs> he looked like a Washington player and he looked like he was thrilled to be there. Yeah. <laughs> the little wiggle of the toes. I love. All right. We're ready. <laughs> Let's do it. All right, Chris Godwin owners, you can rest easy. He's off the injury report. He's good to go for tonight's juicy, juicy matchup with the so-called Dallas defense. Doesn't get juicier than that. And speaking of juicy, Antonio Brown is also good to go, rounding out arguably the best receiving trio in the league for Tampa Bay and the ageist wonder Tom Brady. Reportedly, the best shape he's been in four to five years, according to Bruce Arians. Oh, baby, he's ready to lay the smack down on me. I'm scared. I have Brown tonight, and yeah. (laughs) Austin Eckler did not practice Thursday after missing Wednesday's practice. He did a bunch of stationary bike work. I don't know how, how, uh, you know, consoling that is to any of you. It's possibly a hamstring issue. We really don't know much, except we do know that hamstring issues can really stay with you for a while. We'll let you know if, and when we know anything more. I mean, when he's been healthy since 2019, he's been honestly about as good as any running back in fantasy maybe sprint and pick up justin jackson though as a backup just in case curtis samuel did pull up lame yesterday in a pass route he's not practicing again today he's been battling this groin injury that's kept him out for the last four months when's he going to be out there certainly probably not week one at this point and is that do i hear it diami brown's music old baby from the rafters or is it adam humphreys we'll find out this weekend wonder what his music is. Um, Humphreys or Diami? <laughs> Clyde Edwards, hilarious. Fully practicing. Seems good to go heading into week one's matchup against the Browns. I feel like he's a real polarizing figure. You know, it's like he wasn't awful last year, but he wasn't as good as people wanted him to be. So I feel like he's got a lot fantasy-wise on the line. It's good news for the Chiefs that he's back. Bad news for all those diehard Daryl Williams fans out there that were hoping he was going to get the nod. <laughs> There's a lot of them out there, especially in our following. And for the team that sucks probably more than any other in the league, Saquon Barkley, Kenny Galladay, and Kadarius Tony were all limited again at Thursday practice. Supposedly, they're all going to play. But if you're concerned about the Giants before, and you should have been, you should still be now. Joe Judd said that they'll have a significant role for Tooney in week one. I don't really care that Jason Garrett says he's going to be very deliberate with his usage. Jason Garrett just fucking stands there and claps. Shut the fuck up. Nobody should feel any better about the G-men. I'm worried about Saquon this week. I think you should be worried about Saquon, like, broadly speaking. Potentially, Uh, yeah. Um, DeAndre Swift. Now, this was interesting. In the RSJ text thread, there were some rumors circulating about DeAndre Swift. So I just want to be clear that we are not endorsing these rumors at all. Um, He will be playing in week one as long as he can avoid any setbacks. Now, it's unclear if being charged with murder would have counted as a setback. But as of right now, DeAndre Swift is not, and I repeat, not being charged with murder. 
that is all. Good, good to note. And he is set for a full workload, according to Deuce Staley as well, said, I'll never take him off the field. Well, he might be ripped off the field by cops. We'll find out on Sunday. This could just be total defamation of character here. I have no idea. Uh, I don't know who started the rumor on the text thread, but his name may or may not rhyme with Bimbo Dice. Yes, bimbo slice, baby. Uh, Carson Wentz, full participant in Wednesday's practice. We can stop the panic. I know there was a while where everyone freaked out about this guy and what it would mean for the Colts and especially Jonathan Taylor. I got Jonathan Taylor in round three in a best ball draft at one point. One on the Jets depth chart, which is pretty much the same as being the smartest guy in the Lions front office. (laughs) You've got stock in the Jets running game. Get ready to be living out of your car and dancing for nickels on the street very, very soon. They did mention he's looking like he's shot out of a cannon, too. Ooh, Tevin Coleman shot out of that cannon. I don't care. (laughs) Love it. That's the injury report. Let's get into those positional previews, baby, so we can make sure. We already got 20 sit-start questions. Keep them coming in, guys. As you can see, we're trying to be very efficient here, trying to get through it all so we can make sure we get to everything you ask. And by all means, prioritize any Thursday night questions. You want to get those in as fast as you can. So we hit those at the top of the show before this game starts. And we got the ticker at the bottom of the screen for the QBs. We got, I think, the top 20 or 21 for each position, just in case you're wondering. uh, Those names may or may not be the guys we talk about, but they're there. Anyway, uh, let's talk about who you're higher on. You are higher on Jalen Hurts. Um, You got him at six. That's two higher than the so-called experts. I disagree with you. I'm just going to start the show confrontationally. I don't agree with this. I don't like this pick at all. I think you're way too high on Jalen Hurts. I think I'm looking at your tier three. That's Hurts, Rodgers, Tannehill, Wilson, Prescott. I'm starting all but maybe one of those guys uh, over Hurts. And I actually like the two top guys in your tier four better than Hurts also. Wow. Well, let me tell you this truth. You are far too low on Jalen Hurts, the definition of a Konami code, a guy that ranked QB three across his three starts last year. QB six might not be high enough because he's facing off with Atlanta, but the worst secondary in the league, according to PFF, entering this year. There's nothing not to love. He's going to run all over him. He's going to throw all over him. I think Quez Watkins goes deep for a score. I think Devonta Smith is going to cook the secondary up. I, I know that there's some bigger, more established names below him, but that's because he beat out those bigger established names last year in a less ideal setup and a less ideal matchup. I think he's going to start the season cooking and it's just going to continue to fire away. It's a really good matchup. The Eagles are just terrible. I mean, you know, if, if the Giants weren't so terrible – I mean, it's amazing that we're not just declaring the Eagles the worst team in the NFC East. That's how bad the Giants are. They're just yeah. awful. We'll see. We'll see. I, you know, maybe this week I'm wrong to be as down on him. I, but globally, big picture, I'm I'm nowhere near as high on this guy as just about everybody else. He's going to have to prove it to me in more than three games. All right, uh, Trevor Lawrence, you're lower on him. You got him as your QB 16. That's three spots below the experts. I completely agree with you on this. I actually think you and the experts may be a little high on him, even with these numbers, but I agree that he's certainly 13 is the ECR on him. That's nuts. Yeah. And it's kind of risky to say that against a Houston secondary that outside of Atlanta might be the second worst in the league, especially after just shipping off Bradley Roby over to the saints. He should and could carve them up, especially if he looks like he did in that last preseason game, but we did have two games of just pure shit. Don't forget that the Houston Texans were the by far worst run D in the league, surrendering, I believe, like almost 200 rush yards per game last year. This offense is going to want to run as much as they possibly can. That's what Daryl Bevel did when he had a rookie quarterback. That's what pass game coordinator Brian Schottenheimer did when he had a rookie quarterback. They led the NFL in rush attempts, and there's no better team to just pound and pound and pound and pound again on the ground than the Houston Texans. So this is more of a bet that, yeah, Lawrence might not be bad. They're just going to run the ball 45 times against this horrendous Texans defense. Uh, Sam Darnold. 14% owned. Hail Mary. I agree. I think he's a good one. I got him uh, stashed in the Dynasty League. QB 17 plus two ECR, and I might even bump him up a few more. He's in the best setup of his career. This will be a very clear cut. Like From week one, we're going to know, is Darnold going to be revived in Carolina, or is he just a bag of shit? It could go either way, right? Uh, There's no guarantees. He looked really bad, and a lot of it was his own fault in New York, but a lot of it also wasn't. He now has the best weapons, the best line, the best play caller of his career, and, oh, he gets the revenge game against his Jets. Like If he can't get it done against that secondary, you might notice the trend here. Three of the worst secondaries, all no-names across the board that all these guys are facing. Darnold should light these guys up if he has anything at all to 
assemble talent. And, and he might not. We'll find out. But I am more than willing if I'm in a QB league or I'm desperate for a QB1 streamer. I think Darnold really has a shot at like four touchdowns. I've re- and a revenge game narrative. He's got the weapons and he's got the play caller. I can't wait to see what they do. All right, Stash and C, you like Zach Wilson. He's 18% owned. You got him at your QB20. That's five spots above the experts. I understand the Stash and C attitude about him. I just am I, – I can't believe in anybody on the Jets. I can't. <laughs> it's hard to do. I, I think Zach Wilson might be the real deal. He's getting a lot of praise from a lot of solid yeah. analysts. A lot of former QBs think this kid's the real deal. And honestly, what I've seen, the ball, the way it comes off his hand – it looks the real deal. I think that defense is going to suck. If I like Sam Donald, I also think this could become a sneaky shootout. I think the over under at 44 and a half is absurdly low. I think this one smashes that and goes well over 50 points this weekend. And Wilson's going to be a big part of that. I think Elijah Moore is very much the real deal. I think Corey Davis is an amazing one B kind of like an Eric Decker type. And I think that's going to come out this weekend with Elijah Moore smashing and Corey Davis having a good game as well. And Zach Wilson ultimately throwing 250 to 300 yards and multiple scores i'd even be willing to start him if you didn't have a shot at donald if he's gone and you want to take a stab at zach wilson i'm okay starting him but i'd love to just put him on my bench and see is this kid as real as he really looked in the preseason because i think he's going to be and i'd love to have him on my bench when we find out all right must watch for the season for the week whatever the matt stafford and mcveigh marriage i agree with this as a storyline i'm very excited about watching the rams and seeing what can happen a hundred percent. The offense that they had leading the league in points with crap Jared Goff under center. Like how good could this be? And I still Matthew Stafford hasn't been the most winning as quarterback. He has his own faults for sure. We can't just say, you know, it was only Detroit. That's the only reason he sucks similar to Donald, but like obviously a much higher level with Matthew Stafford. I think that McVeigh clearly went out and got this guy for a reason. I think we're going to see it on Sunday night. This team could be a points factory. I cannot wait to see how these two two meal uh, mold and meld and whatever, whatever, and all, and all the other things. Yes, all, all of it. Yes, this marriage I think is going to be beautiful, and I cannot. That's probably my most interesting storyline. I agree. Of, of, of the must watches, I agree. That was my top one as well. Uh, good call on that one. All right, let's move on to running backs. Let's get the running back ticker going. Good job. You're already on it. Nice work. Look at that. All right, guy you're higher on, Damian Harris. You got him as your RB18, six spots above the experts. You also like Chase Edmonds, who you have as your RB23, five spots above the experts. I've gone back and forth on Damian Harris a little bit. So I'm not as high on him as I was. Why? Why? Because I don't think he's going to get all this goal line work that everybody thinks he's going to get. I think the guy that I'm actually more – Jones. I don't know. I'm not sure, but I, I don't see him. I don't see him pounding from the one. I actually think James White is the guy that's going to maybe blow up out of this backfield. I really, <laughs> I really, do. I, really I, do. Feel like I don't have the stats to back it up, but I do think James White has like a pretty good trend of scoring in week ones. Like he does. That being said, Damian Harris was the first man up all preseason, including at the goal line, scored one from the one yard line. And now that you remove Cam Newton, fourth and goal line attempts, fourth and goal line touchdowns with nine uh, on 12 attempts. Those are all going to go to whoever the goal line back is. Ramondre Steven is is a bruiser, but they're not going to give this guy the goal line work early on in the f- first few games of the season. They're going to make him earn it. That's the Patriots way. I think Harris is going to be a workhorse. I think they're going to be bullying the Miami Dolphins. I think the Dolphins are significantly overrated. Everybody so oh, high I, on I them. Think they're going to be legitimately bad. I agree. I, I, I have no – I think the Pats might win by 20 this weekend. I really think they're going to come out and smash them. They're going to bully them across the line. They weren't a great run D middle of the pack last year. I don't think they did anything to get better. I think Harris is going to be a huge part of that. I think he's going for 100, two touchdowns this week. I, I would have him in almost every single lineup. You'd have to have a – let us know. In, and as we talk about these players, let us know in your sit-start questions. If you hear something like, oh, I had Harris. He's on my bench. Would you consider him over this guy? Like – Probably, yes. I love him. Meanwhile, Chase Edmonds facing off against an awful Titans run D that was bottom five in terms of points to the run. Actually, number seven. So not bottom five, but just about there in terms of running backs. But they were very susceptible to pass catching running backs. I think this game is going to be a back and forth bonanza. Two of the fastest paced teams in the league. You've now removed Kenyon Drake. Edmonds will get the start. He's going to get all the receiving work. And sure, Connor, a good bet to pod one into the end zone, much more than Edmonds. But even still, I could see Edmonds racking up six, seven catches, 100-ish total yards, and maybe he breaks one for a score. I think he's going to have a great day and is significantly undervalued, especially on DraftKings at 4,600. You kidding me? 
Yeah, I think Harris is going to have a good season, just to be clear. I'm just – maybe a lot of it is residual stuff uh, over Patriots running backs of old. I mean, it's just very hard to trust who's going to get used and when. Harris seems like one of the best backs to come through there in a while. I own Harris. Like, I, you know, I want him to do well, but I'm uneasy about it. Like I said, the guy that I like, not necessarily today specifically, I think James White's going to have a big year. Actually. Yeah, I think he is too. I love James White. I tweeted out he's the most undervalued running back in fantasy. Trust me, I, this is not okay. a slight on James White. I think James White could have a big day, and Harris could still rush for a hundred yards and two touchdowns. I think the the queasiness about the Patriots backfield it makes sense. There's been years and years of it. The fact that they traded Sony though, and now it's only a rookie behind him for the big back role. I, they really have always draw, taken their rookies along slowly, made them earn their work. Wouldn't be surprised to see Ramondre come in for some cleanup duty if they are killing the Dolphins like I expect. But if that's happening, it means Harris has already had a monster day. I'm telling you that. Two scores. Bam, right. I'm telling you. Two touchdowns. Right. You called it. All right. So – Sorry, when I disagree with you, things take longer. So I'll try to be. It's a okay. Bit, no, I like. I'll, I'll try to be a little bit more. You know, uh, give people you know, perspective. It's agreeable. Good. Um, lower. Guys, you're lower on Daryl Henderson. You got him as your RB thirty-three, seven spots below the experts. I agree with you on that. Both Bills running backs. You got him twelve down and eleven down outside of your top forty-five. I agree with you on both of those too. Look at that. I think Henderson's one of the more overrated draft picks. I don't think he's really that good. A lot of people citing PFS number one running back for a couple of weeks. And he never looked that exciting or electric. I know in college he sure did. We haven't seen that at the NFL level. The guy cannot stay healthy at all. And he's facing a Bears defense that, yeah, it's not the Bears of old, but it's still not a great matchup by any means. I think Sony Michelle's going to sneakily be the back that everyone wished they owned uh, by the end of the season for the Rams. And I think that might even start as early as week one. So I'm certainly lower on Henderson. I'm not starting either Rams guy, but I definitely have him out of my lineup. And the, the Bills running backs, this is all you need to know about them. 18 preseason plays with Josh Allen in at quarterback. They threw it on, do you know, do you remember this one, Nat? What? How, how many times do you think the, the Bills threw it with Josh Allen at QB for the 18 plays they had? Like two? Oh, you mean ran? Yeah, they, they actually yeah. less than that. They ran it once. They had yeah, 17 yeah, yeah, yeah. passes, 17 sorry, passes right, right. On, on 18 plays with Josh Allen. That's all you need to know. That's how they were last year. They're going to continue to be very pass happy. Every now and again, one will fall into the end zone. But Josh Allen's the main goal line back there. Don't even consider either of these guys as a potential flex. And that's how they're ranked. Gross. No, thank right. you. Agree. Hail Mary, Tevin Coleman. You got him as your RB 31. Now we reported in the injuries uh, you know, this is the RB1 on the New York Jets. Look out. You got him nine spots above the experts, 27%. Is he only 27% owned? Really? Yeah. Number one running I mean, back. I mean, look, he's no. worth a pickup. He's a starting running back on an NFL team, even if I think he's going to suck. Boston Scott, RB45, up 13 from the experts, only 12% owned. Not bad, yeah, either one of them. If you're desperate, especially after losing Gus Edwards and you missed out on some of these Ravens guys, I think you could do a whole lot worse than first Coleman. I love you guys know how much I love a Shanahan zone blocking scheme. That's what they're going to be implementing over there with the Jets. And Coleman's the kind of de facto number one. He comes over with LaFleur uh, from the 49ers. So he's going to be the starting guy. He's looked as fast. They say he has the fastest gear among all these guys being shot out of the cannon. And nobody wants to take him. He's again, he's unowned in almost 80% elite. And that's nuts to me. Uh, so I love this guy. Uh, the Carolina Panthers were getting gashed all last year and they didn't do a ton to improve their D line. I think Tevin Coleman could be a good bet for like 65 to 70 yards and a TD as a nice desperation flyer. And then Boston Scott against Atlanta. Now Atlanta is good against running backs, but that doesn't hurt Boston Scott because he's much better as a pass catcher anyways. They did give up a lot of receptions to the running back position last year. And Boston Scott looked great on a wheel. Like he, he can make some things happen. Everyone wants it to be the Kenny Gainwell show. And I think Gainwell is very exciting too. But as of right now, it goes Miles Sanders. Then it goes Boston Scott. And they were in a near dead even split throughout training camp practices. I think Boston Scott has a sneaky chance at a touchdown this week as a very desperation flyer. All right, stash and see Tony Jones Jr., 17% owned. Jarek McKinnon. Jarek McKinnon rearing his, I don't want to say ugly head, but rearing Pretty his head again head. around the RSJ, 3% owned. How long is it going to be before Jarek McKinnon's out of our system? This this is the last bet for McKinnon. I mean, he's with Andy Reid. He's with the Chiefs. He's with you the say Cowboys. that. 
If he can't get it done here, Nat, like this is the pinnacle of potential fantasy goodness. If he can't get it done here, there's no reason to ever look at him. That being said, he is apparently has a great gear in camp. We heard that last year, I know. But, he, he, you know, he wore down last year. He's not going to need to wear down. He's not a feature back at this stage. We know that. But as a little bit of a pass-catching compliment that you split out wide, we saw him moving all over the place in the preseason. We had a little bit of an injury to Clyde Richelaire, who is expected to go, as is Daryl Williams. But I, I, this is why it's a stash and see. I want to see, is McKinnon involved at all? It's worth a bench spot to find out if you have trash to cut or you need someone to fill for Gus Edwards at this point. Let's see if he has any type of role. And if not, send him on packing. You don't have to start him. But if he has a role, if he catches six balls in week one, you know he's going to be the priority week one pickup. You might as well get ahead of the game and just see what happens. And Tony Jones, uh, we'd raved about him a couple days ago on a great live stream. Um, and it's just a matter of he's the highest upside handcuff in fantasy football at this point. Latavius Murray averaged 34 points per game in his starts when Alvin Kamara went down. If there ever ends up being a true feature back now, I'm, not, I'm hoping nothing happens to Kamara. Like nobody wishes an injury on a star like that. But if it did, Tony Jones would go bananas. And I just want to see what is his standalone role? Is he going to get 10 to 12 touches a week? Because he might have some standalone. It might be one of those handcuff with benefit situations. Love to stash him. See what happens. I'm very intrigued by this Tony Jones kid. All right. Uh, last for running backs, the must watch of the week. Can uncertain rookies, we're talking Javante Williams, Trey Sermon, make some waves. And also, what is Mike Davis's role in Atlanta? I actually really like all of those. I'm very intrigued by the, how the Denver and San Francisco running games are going to shake out. I mean, I know that you have a San Francisco running game projected for almost 2000 yards on the ground. So and we assume some of it's going to come from Trey Sermon. He looks great. I've tried to make a couple of trades for him uh, early in my leagues and have failed. Um, I'm also really interested in Mike Davis. I really yeah. want to know like what's going to happen with this guy. Is he going to be, I mean, anywhere from great to awful. And I almost wouldn't be shocked. Exactly. It's just a matter of he should be a bell cow at this point. There's nobody in Mike Davis's way. Corderell Patterson is their number two running back on what? the depth chart. Yes. Corderell Patterson's number two on the depth chart. They did sign Gallman. I think wow. long term, Gallman will be the number two guy and a decent stash right now. But what is Mike Davis going to look like? We've seen the thighs pictures, but are those thighs going to matter in the real season? Is he going to get 15 to 20 touches a week in a pretty decent offense? Because if so, Rest of the season, big board. He got to shoot up right there. Uh, and also, of course, week one, like rookies are always one of the more intriguing stories of week one. I know a lot of them start slow, especially last year. But now that we've had a full training camp, you see Javante Williams getting like the week three starters rest. Are they going to really give this guy a featured role? Potentially. Trey Sermon, they're facing Detroit. Like there's going to be plenty of clock to bleed and give this guy some nice work in a, a real season, in-season game. I, I can't wait to see what those backfields look like, but especially how much these 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 rookies can perform and particularly outperform the guys in front of them. Now, I don't think he'll outperform Mostert as Trey Sermon because uh, Mostert, as long as he's healthy, is so damn sexy and fun he's to fast. watch. Fast. The fastest ball carrier in the NFL. And, and it's in the first two weeks, the two fastest ball carry uh, running back carries of the entire season. So I can't wait to see what he looks like, too. But I think there'll be plenty of time for Sermon to show, hey, this is what I can do if something ever happens to Mostert, as well as Javante Williams showing, hey, Melvin Gordon, you can get your ass to the bench. I can't wait to see what those guys look like. All right. Let's go to wide receivers. Oh, real quick. Before we go to wide receivers, I got a quick question for you. Yeah. Do you know, who do, who do you think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers backup quarterback is? Is it uh is it the is it Kyle Trask? Is it the rookie? Blaine Gabbert. We would have accepted ah. Blaine Gabbert. I found that out today and I was like, I wonder if anybody knows. So that's just something to think about as far as like how great we think the Bucks are. I mean, if Tom Brady, you know, God forbid were to go down. Oh, don't don't say these things. Blaine Gabbert all of a sudden would be the captain of the ship. <laughs> that's, anyway. That's terrifying. Right. I'm just putting the fear of God in everybody here halfway through the show. All right. We're half an hour into the show. We got half an hour left. Um, we got a couple more positions to do. Wide receivers. Guy you're higher on, and I hope you're right. T. Higgins, you got him as your wide receiver. 16, eight spots above the experts. Um, you also like Jacoby Myers a lot. I also like him. You got him as your wide receiver. 36, 14 above the experts. I'm really hoping both these are right. And I, I am shocked at how low Jacoby Myers is. He's the clear, def- like, number one. Aguilar is still banged up, might not even play this week, and whether he does or not, it's the Myers show. Uh, we talked about this 
at length on the podcast, but he's the next great like QB convert slot wide receiver. And they've averaged well over 25% target share in nine of 12 seasons. They finish as top 12 wide receivers in points per game. None of the time have they ever finished outside the top 20 and Myers has looked the part in his lone preseason, like extensive action. He played about a quarter, five catches around 60 yards and a touchdown. Uh, this guy is going to be that next great slot receiver for the Pats. He's going to carve up this, my, this Miami defense that I think is so, so overrated. He's got to be a, a, a wide receiver three that should be in many, many lineups. And based on the East star, a lot of people are saying he should be on benches. I don't understand that. And then T. Higgins. I mean, the Vikings were not good against wide receivers last year. In fact, they were the fifth most generous team in the NFL. They haven't done a lot to shore up that secondary by any means. And I think Higgins is going to kind of emerge as that number one. Like early on, I thought Jamar Chase might have that upside. And yeah, I think the drops are overblown and him talking about the ball being bigger today. Like, that's going to all get overblown. I think Chase is going to still be a very, very good player. I just think T. Higgins might be that next level this year. And, and Chase might be there, too. I don't know. I don't want to say he's not. And, and I have Tyler Boyd starting in my lineup, so I hope Boyd is, too. I think all of them could be good. But Higgins, I think, goes for at least one TD, maybe two, as that big, long body on a team that's going to move that ball with ease, assuming that Joe Burrow is healthy. Now, that's a big right, Your biggest concern has got to be Joe Burrow, not T. Higgins, right? Yes, exactly. I think Higgins, everything about him, more explosive this summer, faster, better after the catch, targeted what he needed to do better. All the reports have been glowing, and I think we see it this week. He's also only 4,700 on DraftKings, smashing oh, wow. all my lineups. Yeah, steal, steal. All right, guys, you're lower on, and I'm just going to spoil it here. I mean, these guys, I, I agree with you completely on both these guys, too. DJ Moore, you got him as your wide receiver, 25, seven down from the experts. I actually think 25 is still probably too high. Uh, Kenny Holiday, uh, Kenny Galladay, wide receiver, 49, nine below the experts. I, Yeah, but I mean, like, I don't even think he even merits a mention, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> true I, I mean he's banged up he hasn't had any time to forge a rapport with um with fucking shitty daniel jones and who cares if you have a rapport with daniel jones he just sucks anyway. <laughs> having a rapport with daniel jones it's like what what that is such damning with faint praise right there exactly doesn't even have one and it wouldn't have mattered whether he did anyways he should probably be even lower because this secondary for the broncos is very good. Like, yeah, rank 40 is like maybe he's a fringe starter, maybe he gets into your flex. No, I don't, don't think so. Don't please, by all means, don't. He should be far lower than 40, as I have him at 50, and it probably should be even lower than that. Uh, the fact that he's ranked like 10 spots higher than Myers blows my fucking mind. I, I can't understand yeah, that's that. Just crazy, right. And, and more is a tricky one, like, because again, the Jets secondary, and I love Darnold this week. There's a very real chance Moore just goes nuts and goes like as a top five receiver this week. But there's only five times he was better than the wide receiver 18 in 2020. That's where he's ranked this week. I'm going to bet that he has another miss. It could be Terrace Marshall. Who, and this was without Marshall there, who's going to be a huge goal line presence. Uh, I think Marshall is going to be the sneaky best value of all those wide receivers throughout this okay. year. Yeah, yep. I'm just – I've never been a more like I love Moore's play, but I never have loved how he's used. And maybe that's a slate on the player. Maybe it's a slate on the coaching. I don't know. It doesn't matter because the fancy points just haven't been there steadily. And I, I I'm betting against him this week uh, compared to his ranking, at least. All right. As we're about halfway through the wide receivers, I want to remind you guys one more time, give us a like, give us a, you know, love heart, whatever. Thumbs up. We appreciate any and all of those things. Uh, gets us out to more people. So uh, take a second and do that for us. We'd appreciate it. Hail Marys at the wide receiver positions. These are some uh, deep cuts here. We've got Quez Watkins owned 1%. Donovan People Jones, uh, Peoples Jones owned 2%. And wide receiver is super deep. So when you're giving us a Hail Mary, you're going to have to go deep like this to make any sort of impact. I mean, there's a lot of good wide receivers out there. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine anyone's going to rely on any of these guys. Uh, it's more so, I guess, a DraftKings play with both of these guys coming in at 3K. Like They, they could mm. just go bananas. I'm banking on at least one of those guys, Quez Watkins being my favorite bet, uh, starting role in the uh, that, that um, Philadelphia offense against, as we said, with Jalen Hurts, uh, the worst secondary in the league. 
He already caught a huge deep bomb. He's moving into the slot, but he can also play outside. Every camp report was saying like this guy is pushing, you know, Jalen Rager for a starting role. And eventually he is starting anyways. They're all starting together. But I think he could end up being that number two to Devonta Smith and being the main lid lifter in addition to some slot work. Like it's not going to surprise me if he ends up being one of the biggest pickups of the next couple of weeks when people start to really wake up to him and similar to other people, Jones, at least this week, like he's definitely going to be a week to week guy, but when you're facing the chiefs and you need points and you need big plays, this guy was among the most efficient wide receivers as a rookie. And all reports are that he has taken his game to the next level. The big breakout player of camp, every beat writer saying he's the breakout star of this season. And yeah, Odell's back. And like some of these breakouts were happening with Odell's sideline, but Donovan Peoples Jones did enough to move Rashard Higgins to the bench and be a starter in three receiver sets because he brings so much more to the table than Higgins does. And they're going to be dialing up those deep shots to try to keep pace and attract me against these chiefs. I really like Donovan Peoples-Jones to go deep. I, I like at least one of those guys is going to catch a big, long touchdown. Maybe even them both will cut this clip up right after. They, they both go for deep 70-yard touchdowns and make the Wolf look like a guru. Look like? Is. Wolf, right. So it's cash and see. Uh, Terrace Marshall, we mentioned him, 20% owned. Rondell Moore, we also mentioned him, 26% owned. I think they're both great stash and sees. Yeah, and honestly, if, if – you want to start them like I would. Start yeah, I was going to say that might Lockett. even be selling them a little bit short. No, they could, especially like over Quez and DPJ. Like those were just kind of like flexing. I think these guys are going to go deep and be monsters this week. But if if I had a choice, I would start Marshall or more over either of those guys for sure. I can't believe these guys aren't fifty or more percent owned. Like they they should closer to a hundred percent by the end of the season. Wait to wait till you see that. I, I like Marshall a little bit more myself, the big body, the slot role where Donald has the pepper. Uh, I can't wait to see if that continues to translate. I, uh, Joe Brady has that historic rate with him already at LSU. I'm, I'm excited to see what that looks like this year. But also Rondell Moore, he was force-fed this preseason. There was no DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, A.J. Green was out for most of those games. So I do want to see what is his role. I guess I'd be more comfortable starting Marshall this week than Moore because I'm a little less certain that that preseason production, both of them killed the preseason. I think Marshall's might carry over right from the start. I want to see if Moore's carries over once Hopkins on the field. Are they going to continue to force feed this guy the rock? Because in that scheme, Cliff Kingsbury's air raid, like he could be a absolute stud if they are continuing to pepper him with those little screens, those end arounds. He's so dynamite with the ball in his hands, single-handedly took down freaking OSU as a freshman at Purdue. Like this guy has some real legit talent and I, I can't wait to see him flex it. All right, must watch. Is Marquez Callaway a true alpha? Great question, and I'm dying to know the answer to that. I picked him up uh, for nothing, and, I man, he's looked pretty awesome in the preseason. We'll mm-hmm. see what happens. Uh, how does OBJ look? Also intrigued by that. Not not like at the forefront of my mind, but, yeah, I'm curious. I, in general, I think the Browns are going to be better than a lot of people think. Yeah, OBJ's appointment viewing. Like I, I, I know he's been off the field for a while, and he never was that great with the Browns since he's arrived. But there, I just still think there is a chance like the him and Baker just haven't got truly on the same page. And if that ever did happen, like it's still OBJ. And I want to see like, is OBJ still OBJ or is it just like eh, maybe a de- decent lid lifter? We're like, OK, after the catch, I can't wait to see what he looks like. We haven't seen him in so long. It's just like that's more what it is. Is like I'm such an OBJ lover, like after what he did for me as a rookie. I can't wait to see what he looks like again. And I want him to get back to form. I think a lot of people root against him. I'm I'm fully in his corner. This I guy. want this guy to six. Yeah, you you don't like him. I, I love him. He brought me titles. I will always love him. And then Callaway, yeah, like he, he's going to have to shoulder the wide receiver one. This is a very tough matchup against Jair Alexander, like among the most shutdown corners in the league. So I'm not going to hold it against him if he doesn't look great this week. But let's say the opposite. Let's say if he does roast like one touchdown against Jair Alexander, or at least like gets open a little bit. That's going to tell you everything you need to know about this kid this week. I say don't judge him too hard if he isn't getting open against one of the best corners in the league as as they're now true number one. But if he is looking pretty damn solid against this guy, that that, that would tell you that he's a top 15 receiver the rest of the year. So I cannot wait to see what he looks like. Yeah, If, if he can beat Jair Alexander, there's no one in the league he can't beat. 
All right, we want to try to get rid of uh, the tight ends and our Thursday night football contest stuff maybe in the next 10 minutes so we can get uh, it. Tight big, ends over the fast. Yeah, we're, we're cruising. It's a, it's, we're, a big, we're, it's a big mailbag. We're at, a, we're at a good pace. We do have 62 questions, so yeah, we'll, we'll get through this <laughs> That's fast. That's kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah. Uh, all right, tight ends. Robert Tanyan, you're higher than the experts by two. You got him as your tight end eight. Yeah, I love him. And I think the one thing I want to say about him before moving on, I read a report from their tight ends coach saying, he hasn't even hit his ceiling yet. Like the way this guy has shown out in training camp, he looks like a different player that could hit his next level. And everybody's like, oh, regression, regression, regression. You're 13. He can't do that again. And maybe the touchdowns do come down a little bit. But what if he takes his game to another level? I can't wait to see what he looks like. I think he's got a great matchup uh, this weekend against the Saints that were bottom five against tight ends. I think he finds the end zone, goes off. I have him a few spots higher in the rankings because of that. All right, lower. Dallas Goddard, you got him as your tight end 12. That's three below the experts. I really agree with this. I think that Goddard is – I mean, he's he's a, a good pass catcher. There's no question about it. I think that, you know, you talk about cheese getting nibbled all the time with uh, the definition you know, Zach Ertz. And, you know, someone made a point on a podcast I was listening to a day or two ago. They said Goddard is a better pass catcher than Ertz. He's also a better blocker than Ertz. So in a lot of schemes, I think you're trying to maximize these guys. They think it's going to be Goddard blocking and Ertz catching uh, more than a Goddard owner would like. Yeah, and that's kind of played out over the preseason. Ertz ran more routes. Ertz saw more targets. Like, I think people just assume Ertz is going away because he looked like dust last year. I think he's going to still look like dust, and he's still going to be involved and be a headache. Everybody's still ranking Goddard as if it's his only show in town, and I think we all thought that that was going to be the case, and it's not. I don't. I, the only reason he's even in my top twelve is because Atlanta gave up the second most points to tight ends last year. So like he could very realistically catch a touchdown, have himself a decent day because of the matchup is so healthy. But that could also all go to Ertz. And at this point, like top nine with, with that type of situation, no thank you. Like a Tunyon is below him. Come on, like that's right. a joke. That's a joke. Get get rid of that. No way. Right. Agree completely. That's that's the tight end pick I agree with the most on yours. Hail Mary, uh, as you said, there's a lot of guys, but Tyler Croft, he's the guy with the biggest move. You got him as your tight end 19, so really not even a, that viable of a starter, but you do have him 17 spots above the experts. Tyler Conklin, you've got as your tight end 18, nine spots above the experts. Yeah, I love both these guys. I, I think they're going to smash as just like potential this year's Logan Thomases. I think it's going to be one of these two. I put my money on Croft. He has a great rapport going over there with San, uh, Zach Wilson. Two touchdowns in their lone preseason game together. And all the training camp reports have been that that rapport is unbreakable, especially in the red zone. And we saw that come into action. Carolina Panthers, meanwhile, gave up the Panthers bottom 10 against the tight end at number nine. Easy matchup, juicy matchup. Love it. And then Tyler Conklin. I, I, with Irv Smith going down, we've seen Conklin like he's a big, strong guy that, yeah, he, he's never really been used. They're all saying this is his chance and he's going to try to go out and prove that, like, I deserve to be a starting tight end in the league now that Irv Smith is done. They love targeting their tight ends in the red zone. Irv Smith was destined for 10 touchdowns. Those all might now go to Tyler Conklin, who's facing the Bengals, who are number seven in terms of points allowed to the tight end position. I think both of those guys both under 3K on DraftKings, 2900 for Conklin, 2500 for Croft. The ultimate salary savers, given that both of them have very, very good shots to find a score and also potentially do more damage beyond that. Your stash and C guys, Jawan Johnson, only 10% owned. And I love this because he's one of those like wide receiver eligibility, tight end eligibility. He's kind of a wide receiver that you might be able to sneak in. Remember Marquise Colston way back in the day. Now, this isn't going to be Marquise Colston. Remember Jalen Samuel? Right? Yeah, exactly. You love to find these weird little hybrid tight ends because tight end fucking sucks. Hey, so dude, I, I started I started Taysom Hill at tight end uh, a game last year, and well, he won me like a game. The that's yeah. the fucking ultimate cheat code right there. Won me a, a game. quarterback at tight end. Yeah. But this could end up being one of those. They don't have a ton of targets there. You know, we know Callaway is a beast, but Juwan Johnson has played far more out wide than he's played in line. That's why I'm way off of Adam Troutman this year. So down on that guy. Juwan Johnson's definitely the most pass catching tight end they have there. And only 10% owned, giving you that wide receiver tight end flexibility. If you have a sketchy tight end situation, there is no reason not to stash this guy on your bench. 
All the reports have been glowing about this guy. Uh, everything is uh, Nick Underhill, our favorite beat writer. This was like his uh, beyond, beyond Marquez Callaway, who he praised beyond all belief. He said Tony Jones and Jawan Johnson are going to be two of the biggest breakouts. And Sean Payton just he'll get it done with whoever you give it to him. He is the biggest genius in the NFL from an offensive standpoint. Doesn't matter if it's Colston, this the Lance Moore a couple of years ago. He's got his new tat ragtag bunch of guys that he's just going to blow up and ascend to elite levels. That could be Juwan Johnson and you could get that at your tight end position. Stash that cheat code, see what happens and you might be fucking thanking me forever. I love that we just mentioned Lance Moore on the first podcast of the year. That was love great. Lance Moore. Love All right. Lance Moore. Last but certainly not least, your must watch on the tight ends, uh, Kyle Pitts. I mean, I'm I'm all in. Right. Uh, I'm not necessarily all in like he's the second coming. I'm all in on watching this guy. I'm dying Cannot to see him play. We saw like one preseason play, he caught a ball and then like ripped it up the field. You're like, holy fuck, that guy's huge and holy shit, he's fast. And that's yep. all you need to see. This guy's the real deal. He's going to be a phenom. And I just cannot wait to see what he looks like in a good matchup against Philly this weekend. That's good. That game is going to be fun. There's so many fun games on the, the lineup this weekend, Matt. Yeah. Matt, yeah. I, can't I, I can't wait. We're all, we're almost there. I mean, the baby. game, the game tonight's going to be fun. Yeah. It's all it's all lining up. This is going to be a great week one. Let's get it. And speaking of the game tonight, let's talk about our Thursday night football contest, which you could still enter, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. the stuff's up. Is it up on Facebook right now? I believe it has. Yep, it just literally CJ just posted it, folks. Good, uh, good job, so, CJ. Good job, CJ. Like timed it up to perfection. I told them seven forty-five, and look at that. Uh, so let me just pull up this tab here, folks. This is our contest. Um, nice. And so, so I, long I, was, time, I was getting ready to weave because I thought it was going to come up in the middle of the screen. <laughs> no, I was trying I, to get I, it just right. <laughs> right. Exactly. So it's on Facebook or uh, or on Instagram, wherever you want to follow us. I believe on our Twitter as well. Not positive there. But what we do is we post these matchups. You try to guess all five of them. Right. We've only had to give out like 10 shirts all time on this. Yep. Uh, but if you did all five matchups right, don't comment them on here. You got to comment them on the post. You're welcome to comment right. them here. But. That's not going to help you win it because these comments will go away. You need to comment it on either the Facebook post, the Instagram post, or if there's a Twitter post, I'm not positive. Uh, but these are the matchups for tonight. We're going to look at the matchups real quick and then kind of break down what we expect from the game. And if you're listening to the podcast, you know this game already happened. So maybe we'll sound like complete fucking morons tomorrow. Or maybe we'll sound like geniuses as we break down what we think is going to happen tonight. Uh, but we'll talk about this for like no more than five minutes. because again, right. And then we're going to hit a long, long, long mailbag. We're going to get to all of those. We're going to be done by the time kickoff starts. We're watching exactly. this game. All right. All right, let's go. Dak versus TB12. What are your thoughts, Wolf? I'm going TB12, the probably the fifth worst secondary in the league for the Cowboys, ranked by PFF. Brady's going to bomb these guys. I think he goes for four touchdowns at least. Uh, and, yeah, I like Dak and garbage, garbage time trying to take the, the Boston accent. Garbage time. Garbage time. Uh, coming back from behind. I think he'll end up having himself a decent day. But that's going to be because Tom Brady already had an absolute monster of a day with a banner raising Tom Brady. You kidding me? Huge day for Brady coming. Solid day for Dak. But give me Brady all day in this matchup. I'm going Brady as well. Maybe my expectations a little bit more tempered than yours. Four touchdowns possible i would maybe say three but i'm going brady awesome. next up zeke against all the bucks running backs i might go bucks rbs here because zeke obviously is amazing but the bucks have a good run defense they they give up a lot of receptions to running backs i, I know i've said that for a few teams and it kind of lined up the show that like there's teams that are good against the run but give up a lot of running back receptions they actually gave up the third most receptions to running backs if i'm not mistaken so zeke can catch a bunch of balls they've been splitting them out all wide he's looked all healthy but the the cowboys are just an abysmal defense i think they're going to get up big the bucks so between jones the, the th reason you don't want to start these guys is because who's it going to be I think at least one of Jones and Fournette have a decent day this this weekend. And I think, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Gio Bernard caught a touchdown too. So give me all the Bucks RBs, even as good as Zeke is, and, and even though he might have a good day himself, I'm going to go all the Bucks RBs. All right. Uh, I'm going Bucks RBs also. Cooper versus Lamb. I like Lamb here. I like Lamb for the rest of the season. And I like Lamb in this matchup. I don't know necessarily the specifics of who's on who for the corners, but I, I think Lamb's going to go down as the best receiver, and he's going to show why early on right away tonight why he's the number one here in dallas i hate to keep picking with you but i'm going lamb too i saw like one episode of hard knocks this year and that was enough to make me go that's enough to make me go with lamb it's all you needed that one like ridiculous catch in the first one all you need to see 
All right, Gallup against Gronk. And by the way, we did just get a comment uh, in the comments. Uh, I'll just read it, even though I'm jumping the gun. Stott says, every time I see this guy with the wolf, thinking he's Gronk, looks just like him. <laughs> Fuck off. You think you're too cool. Uh, I, I'm going – I guess I'm going with a lot of bucks tonight. But I don't – it's less about Gronk. I don't know if Gronk has a huge game. He might catch a touchdown. It's more about Gallup. I, I don't think he has that big of a day tonight. Now, maybe I'm wrong. As a third guy that's been interchangeable among everybody, he could truly blow up. I'm excited to see what he does tonight for sure. But uh, I'm going to go Gronk here for an, uh, for a touchdown. I'm going Gronk too, and I'm sorry. I'm four for four going with the Wolf. Wow. Uh, last, Is this easy of a contest? Uh, like, last, I, I hope uh, – watch us give out we're like, give 90, away 90 shirts, shirts tomorrow, tomorrow or something. This one's tough. Evans versus Godwins versus AB. This is maybe what's going to separate the men from the boys here. The, third, uh, the three people one always is a tough one. Yeah, well, these are tough. This is a tough three. Who do you like? I love Evans. I'm a biased owner, so I'm going to say that right from the start. Like I'm, I'm praying for it because I'm facing AB in all my leagues. And I have Evans going uh, in my biggest league tonight. But give me Evans all day. Uh, you know They gave up the most touchdowns to wide receivers the Cowboys did and who scored the most touchdowns on the Bucks? of course it was Evans they're unstoppable in the red zone together him and Brady so I love Evans for sure I'm going Antonio Brown I think a lot of people are I mean the four years younger uh I, I hope not I hope you're dead wrong because I'm facing him everywhere but yeah I, I wouldn't be shocked that, that's why I think it might actually be Antonio Brown I and mean, it might be Godwin <laughs> shit yeah. who knows fuck yeah but, exactly that's that's one of the toughest things to ever that, that's tough so i mean even if even if we're right and the first four go our way man that's a tough one all our content roastreadjournal.com we breed and feed you fantasy wolves best of luck to everybody except those of you starting ab even though we recommended him i hope he sucks which i i know is selfish of me but i i need mike evans to at least smash him in the face y'all the best thank you charlie you're the best too uh, you can find all again at roasterjournal.com, fantasy fullback dad. We paved your path to 21, 21 titles. Thanks again for everyone being here. Thank you, Chillard, for such great interaction all time. Mitch is chaired on AB, but I say fuck off. No AB. You guys are the best Wolfpack. We cannot wait to see you. I'll have a DFS show on Saturday, most likely. Uh, and then also Sunday, 11 a.m. sit start show to round this out, to recap this action. You guys are the best. Have a great rest of your night. Good luck, everybody. And we'll see you on Sunday. I'm the wolf. I'm the truth. World full of fantasy sheep. Be the wolf, guys. Later. Later. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. At least we stole the show. At least we stole the show. We stole the show. At least we stole the show. Straight ahead. Devlin. Second effort. Third effort. Touchdown. Oh. That's pretty awesome. That's old-fashioned football right there, folks.